horror 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 movie? <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's make a movie? I wonder what we'll be like then. Brains in jars, I'm gonna guess. We're a long way for God knows, son. Slowly Coming out of his mouth. Crawling out yeah, of his mouth, distraction cool. skin. Nice. So he doesn't save them, the bridge goes down, people die, and he's like, oh well, job done. Clarence? Can we try to take two again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is maybe don't trust sentient hats to make life-changing decisions. But... <laughs> Thanks for your correspondence, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just crack in. Welcome to episode four of Let's Make a Horror Movie. This is a uh, fortnightly yep. podcast about horror and storytelling and fiction and. John, anything else it's about? Um, well, I mean, to be fair, this is episode four, Redux. Oh, we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll, it, we'll cover that. We'll get into that yeah. now. Cause... I mean, it's, um, yeah, so the podcast is mainly um, storytelling in general, but with very much a horror slant. Mm. Oh, I know what I should do. So the, the, if you're the first time listener to this, the, the, the way the podcast works is this. Each fortnight, either John or myself pitches a horror <laughs> idea to the other one, like a movie pitch. And the other one kind of feeds off it, feeds back, suggests things, yep. and then we throw it out to you guys, you friendly listeners out there. And then you write in and tell us that we're good, bad, shit, or whatever, or come up with some good, and fun things to say about our ideas. Because this is an, an even-numbered episode, it is your pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, odd ones are mine, the ones, the fees, the fives. So on and so forth. You I know, like that. Yeah, you know yes. how you know how numbers work. <laughs> I'm aware. Yeah, but they got up to ten at least. Yeah, uh, I mean after ten, I don't know what we're going to do. I've heard tell of numbers even higher than that. <laughs> so I'm Dave, by the way. I'm John. Quick bit of news. Yep. There's a bit of a change to this week. Yeah, bit of a bit of a change in the sense that we already recorded this podcast. So the whole fucking gist for me of this podcast is that it it's a conversation between. Myself and a good friend of mine. That would be me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was really meaning my invisible friend, oh, Ted. Okay. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but you're here and you respond, so yeah. you'll do. I mean, you are kind to let Ted stay here, given yeah. his issues. God, you should see what Ted's doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't like it. But yeah, so, uh, wait, what was I saying? Why this is a re-record. Oh, yeah. Why is this is a re-record? So yeah. we did a... Where's my beer? I feel like I put my beer down somewhere really? yeah, you just it's like it. a bottle of beer that's oh, here there you go <laughs> I mean, all gold I, <laughs> all is. I mean that's gonna so that's a huge red flag yeah. for how the rest of this episode's gonna go <laughs> john and i recorded this podcast last week this particular episode yep and oh my god was it amazing i mean i'd say it was a yeah. it was real highlight of yeah pod, it's a highlight of the noughties i would say like a cultural touchstone yeah i would say at the age i am i'm 35 there is a point where my life what does my life up to that point and there's my life now yeah and i do feel it's different now i mean we covered a lot there we mm. both we spoke very eloquently about our lives and our so feelings. eloquently i mean there were tears there was, there was laughter words with a lot of syllables yeah i mean like we we, um, we answered all the big questions big questions answered yeah. a lot of witty asides and yeah. uh you know look long story short your life is poorer for not having heard it yeah but the reason that we're having to record it again is because i'm an idiot and somehow managed to screw up the audio so what's happened is obviously my story john has already heard which yes. is blasphemy yeah changes the format changes the formats to the point where it's it's yeah. arguably beyond blasphemy. It's complete true heresy in it its purest form. It's horrific. Um, we, we did talk about me trying to fake sort of like surprise and incredulity, but um, <laughs> no. I'm not a very good actor, <laughs> so that wouldn't have worked. 
So, and we know we also talked about getting a special guest in. We did, which I would love yeah. to have done. Sadly, the only people that I think would have been up for it and yeah. good guests, yeah. two criteria, all live miles away. Yep. And this is short notice. Yeah, I mean, in my case, live very far away. All have just had children. So it would be mm. very difficult to get so many kind of green lights on that. That's it. God, they really are a millstone around your neck, aren't they? <laughs> they are. Yeah, terrible, yeah. Terrible. I mean, uh, look, if you yeah. lived on a farm and they were cats, you'd be drowning them in a, in a bucket. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so here we are. So we're doing episode four again. This is it. Mm-hmm. It actually is going to be different apart from the story is going to be the same. So yeah. you're you at home or on the train or wherever you are listening to this, you're going to have to play the part of John acting surprised. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I mean, maybe because yeah. you you had quite a lot of feedback during yeah, the pitch. I did have a lot. So perhaps yeah. that will become more condensed and uh, yes. concise. Yeah, I mean, I might have sit in silence. That was not a <laughs> criticism, by the way. <clears throat> anyway, so look, uh, I don't want to go on about it, but that's how we got where we are now. Mm-hmm. So welcome to Let's Make a Horror Movie. Please get in touch at Let's Make a Horror Movie at gmail.com. Yep. So part one of the podcast is that we cover notes on the last week's story, which was my one about the devil. The devil and Satan. So, so yeah, act so we, one. So we're just covering a few notes on that. God. You'd think I'd be better prepared, given <laughs> given everything that's been going on. So we had some feedback. Let me yep. get that up for you. Of course, you've actually already heard some of this, but pff, you can have it again. Oh, you, yeah. No, yeah. You I mean, can fine-tune your response. <laughs> so the first thing was somebody said, why don't you call the devil and satan sympathy for the devil yep which, which is a decent name i quite liked it I, it was it was a one that i did consider i do think slightly um on the nose also because essentially the story isn't really sympathy for the devil because my point is that this devil like ourselves is shit yeah it's awful <laughs> yeah. interestingly as well there's a bit of a of part of the wordplay for me in the title of that mm. was the fact that we don't know which of these two yeah. we're referring to yeah. from the title. So the devil and Satan. Who's the source of evil? Yeah. The guy does bad things or the guy who just goes, oh, why didn't you do bad things? So, but nice, nice yeah. to get feedback. A, a nice note. And I, and, and, and I'd say one that I did consider and not, not a bad suggestion. I mean, if it ever got made, it would be quite a marketable one. Yeah. This is uh, feedback from uh, Alex. So uh, she also says, I uh, didn't tell you this before. She said that our podcast, it's not just suitable for horror fans. Could yep. be fans of any types of fiction or storytelling. But she did put in brackets, though they should probably think that James Gunn's jokes weren't that bad. <laughs> so I mean, take that. That's a shot across the bow, that is. Yeah, but I'll take that. Weren't that bad, that being italicized. So I mean, she's not mean- saying that we're at the level of James Gunn's like are fairly we talking jokes, James Gunn like the script writer for Guardians, the Guardians yeah. or are we talking James Gunn early Twitter feed which oh, he got oh, sacked for yeah well it's the same person right it's the same person yeah, she, I but think she's referencing two very different tones yeah she's referencing the Twitter feed jokes I think oh okay well yeah. that's um, so, I mean that really does, does cut yeah 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 it's well hey look it's tough love tough love yeah. so uh, I'd like to think we haven't been quite so blatantly misogynist <laughs> as he I would, as, I would hope so uh, as he was but hey you yeah. know um, Hollywood forgave him pretty quickly yeah. uh, and, so, and, and Hollywood will come back to us so based on if we assume, yeah, if we take the ratio of his crimes and unforgiveness period yeah. then we are already forgiven yeah I think that's where we're at so we're winning basically um, yeah take that gun <laughs> I got some other info. She recommended a book for you. She says... The Lottery. That's right. She says, uh, if John hasn't read Shirley Jackson's The Lottery, he must... uh, uh, I'm guessing that is based on 
some of the shit that you said. I am working through her um, back catalogue and I've not got to that yet. Shirley Jackson, yeah. yeah she's well, uh, incredible. I, I uh, read The uh, House on Haunted Hill, is that the one? Yes, yeah, the Haunting yeah. of Hill House. Haunting of Hill House, okay. yeah. Because I feel like The House on Haunted Hill is something else. Entirely. That's the movie that was based on it with Liam Neeson. Uh, which was not good. And it also nah. has Owen. Uh, Wilson? Uh, Wilson, yeah. It's not a recommended one, let's no. just say that. Oh, no. The I mean, book, though, is fucking great, and you'll rinse through it. And um, the TV series is an absolute pleasure. So, according to our feedback, though, The Lottery. So John, not you, but John, who's fed back to previous episodes mm-hmm. and fed back on episode three with a suggestion that you call it Beelzebub in the Alps. Yep. And I think that we discussed in the now notoriously lost previously yep. uh, recorded <laughs> yeah. episode the four. lost episodes. Yeah, that he also suggested the song for the children be called Harpies in Birmingham. Yes. So he's definitely got a thing and place yes. kind of structure. <laughs> yeah. A noun and a location. Very much kind of like whose line is it is it anyway set up? Mm. Give me give give me a person and a place. Uh Beelzebub in the Alps. So I've got some feedback. Mine's a bit less backhanded. Mine starts off with the line Episode 3 is brilliant Like genuinely makes me laugh out loud Dave's reincarnation from Cleopatra to your plug for a band Who is struggling to pronounce were brilliant It's not my fault that I like bands that have dumb names But that's fine You need to get on iTunes like a fine wine You're ready to put your prices up Ooh. Like I said before An intro or something called sound and music between the acts To really separate them would put you in the big leagues. The chemistry is gold. So, oh, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think we're leave this. In. Isn't he sweet? He is. Um, that was um, somebody called Michael, who's a very kind man. Thanks, Michael. Um, yes, I think that's caught us all up. I think that's caught us all up. Yeah, that's feedback for the devil and Satan. So, act two for because the podcast is split into three acts. Uh, you you act called structure. it a part first part earlier on. I didn't want to correct you. No, fair. You're, you're kind not to. Well, <laughs> It was in my head the whole time. Um, so, yeah, act two of this podcast is the cultural highlights yep. of, for us at least, over the last couple of weeks. Because we are very, very much cultural magpies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're always oh, that's... picking around. Looking, <laughs> yeah, it's Looking like for that. the shiny stuff. Yeah, but we find it in weird places. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, to that point, I'm very much enjoying a band right now called Rotting Christ, mm. who are very fun and Greek. And I believe you've only just discovered that they were Greek. I mean, I listened to their songs for quite a while and thought, oh, Christ, it's very good black metal, weird lyrics. And it was all in Greek because it is all literally all Greek to me. And um, yeah, they good. Very it does good. sort of imply that if you came across other metal yeah. or screamo or whatever, yeah. that the lyrics really aren't doing a huge amount of the lifting. No, they're not. With bands like Rotten Christ and the bands from last week, who I'm not going to try and climb that mountain again, I'm saying their name, but it's um, it's very much about the atmosphere. They're an atmosphere building. Very much hot. If you like horror, you like this kind of stuff. It's all very doom. I mean, Rotten Christ is a great is a great name. Yeah. Sure. Interesting thing about this that the lead singer of Megadeth, who's a born again Christian, he refused to share the bill with them, and they got kicked off a festival because of it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm probably on Rotten Christ's side on that one. I agree, because it's like, mate, like, if you are going to be in metal, you're going to see a little bit of the occult, a little yeah. bit of satanic Your name's stuff. fucking Megadeth. It does seem a bit like having your cake and eat it. I mean, to be fair, I do think a lot of bands are in support of Rotten Christ. Um, <laughs> Cliff Richard, to name one. <laughs> you're <a> classic. <laughs> yeah, Good always, old Cliff. Always He's always coming fan. out and standing up for acts like that. He is. Yeah. He really is. He's a real yeah. advocate. Really yeah. telling the critics where to stick it. <laughs> yeah. He is. Um, broad, Foul mouth cliff. A broad-minded man. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Certainly forgives very quickly. 
um also on the music plugs just to finish off the music plugs um i've been enjoying a band that i have a personal connection to because there's some close friends in the yeah. band called the shadow they've got a new single out on spotify and Bandcamp. i think it is Bandcamp. Nice. on ep on there the new single is called all or nothing i think we might play at the end of this we'll podcast. try and put did you get did you get permission to play it yes you heard it here bands. folks if there's a lawsuit yeah. that comes to this you heard john I'll see you in court <laughs> give the affirmative <laughs> And just for sake of clarity, how are we spelling their name? S-H-A-R-R-O-W. There you go. And the only reason I say that is because another bit of feedback that I didn't bother reading out conveniently is that in, I think, two episodes already, I've mentioned Mm -hmm. the uh, fairly mammoth series of books called The Horus Heresy that I'm reading. Yeah. And a listener said that they took the majors to work out that that's what I was saying, and they thought it was called the Whore's Heresy, as in W-H-O-R. Very, very different set of books. Yeah, so for for sake of clarity, it was the Horus Heresy, like Horus the God, H-O-R-U-S. Yes, and the Horus Heresy is a book that you're writing right now, I I like to believe. Yet to be published. It's a, series, yeah, it's a children's books. Uh, <laughs> mostly mostly picture books. Yeah. Uh, I'm going for the under fives. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so my son loves them. There's a colouring invariant that I'm doing. It comes with a few red yeah. pens. You should see him run around the house going, horse, horse. It's lovely. <laughs> Warm the cockles of your heart, mate. That's it, man. It's all about the money, really. So, uh, <laughs> tell ten to tell ten, as they say. Right. Um, anyway, so. Ooh. Oh, well, hang on. You know, I, I interrupted. Yeah, Come on, you <laughs> go. Oh you no, go. what was my last? Oh yeah, my last one was a book that this is where the last episode is actually lesser than this episode because there's a book that I was about to read because I'm going on holiday soon. So it's a real classic beach read, and it's about the the um, Donner Party. I don't know if anyone out there is familiar with them. Other people who travelled across America for for a new start, for a new future, and ended up eating a lot of each other. It's where the uh, name Donner Kebab comes from. Yes, they, they really did make Donner of each other. Um, yeah, <laughs> they threw a few sheeshes in. <laughs> Just because it was on the coals, you know, yeah. like oh, they're, yeah, they're yeah. in the mountains, they yeah. don't have a lot it, of equipment. It, when I did this last time, I had yet to start it, I've now started it, and it is fantastic. Is it a fictional, uh, it's take yeah, so it it's, it's it's like historical fiction, so it's got a lot of facts, but there's, I think there's a supernatural sprinkling. Ooh. Put yeah. the uh, willies squarely up, squarely up you, yeah. just where you like them. <laughs> That's cool. Well, I've been reading this week Sisters of the Revolution, oh. which is a anthology by Jeff and Anne Vandermeer. Part of the uh, weird fantasy movie. So the anthology Sisters of the Revolution sorry, is, yes. is... No, no, it's all right. Is all female feminist writers and stories. And um, I'm a couple of stories in. It's amazing. I'm really enjoying it so far. Uh, but that's where I'm at. Also, <laughs> two things happened this week, actually. Yeah. We, we'll cover, I'll come to the films we watched. But the Cats trailer... Unbelievable. Unbelievable cats trailer. What happened there? Well, so the, the, unbelievable in what way? It's 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 like a nightmare. <laughs> um, I mean, this is all being going to be covered in the press at large. Oh, I yeah, showed yeah. my daughter who is seven, and she laughed hysterically, like her sanity had slipped from her grip. <laughs> Amazing! She, like she instantly just yeah, lost she, her mind. Genuinely, yeah. she just she just laughed manically. Did she start muttering a prayer or maybe a mantra? Just or... laughed. Just laughed. And we tried to talk to her and go, what are you laughing at? She just laughed. Do you know what? I'm kind, of, I'm kind of picturing um, a sort of full page Joker picture. It was very much like when Jack Nicholson sees his face in the mirror. 
Right. And then he smashes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, very yeah. much like that, but on a sofa. Yeah, uh, and, and she a seven-year-old. Yeah, and a seven-year-old, and she just laughed like sanity. Was she familiar she was with not, her not cats? Uh, nope. No. Well, then that's so fair enough. Freaked her the fuck out. I mean, I am very familiar with cats. I saw it when I was, I, I think, about ten or something. In um, I know it is something awful that I'll never see. <laughs> that's the only thing I know about it. I tell you what. To be honest, right? I'm not one of these internet folk that's like oh my god I'm gonna judge it based on like you know a minute 20 of of footage or whatever I'm not that guy but what I I guess what I don't understand is that it's coming out concurrently with the Lion King John Favreau's done a pattern is very good but as I understand it that Lion King movie is is like 100% CGI yeah but it's CGI to look photorealistic right so it's meant to be animals knocking about so the point is You've got the option of photorealistic CGI all the way back to just plain old, say, Disney yeah. animation, like, like say, Lady yeah. and the Tramp kind of stuff, So yeah. and, and everything in between. Yeah. And they decide, they still decided to make it people yeah. with tails and fur yeah. rather than actual cats just it's voiced crazy. by yeah. the, the people that they've got. So I don't understand why they made that decision. Oh. <laughs> hang on, hang on. So I don't understand why they made that decision. <laughs> I mean, I, the, the thing that freaks me out is because if you see it, there would have been a point during the animation sort of conversations between the, the producers, directors and everything else when somebody asked, should we give these cats tits? And then oh, somebody... They, I didn't know they, they have got tits. I, uh, mean, I the, would refer to them as breasts, listeners, just in case you're listening. But crack on, John. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not crack. No, 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 no. Women have breasts. Cats have tits. Oh, I see. Okay. We, we know this. You could say teats, I guess. But I guess you don't mean teats. You no, mean no, breasts. No, they've got tits. Yeah. Tits. Sure. With a Z or an S? Z. Ah. <laughs> oh, well, that's fine then. Yeah, it's fine. That's fine, yeah. And the point is, is that somebody would have said, no, yeah, yeah of course. Of course they've got tits, mate. I mean, Jesus Christ, we're making cats. Yeah. And and no one said, <laughs> no, that's insane. Don't ever do that. That really, I think, in in a nutshell, makes me want to watch it quite a lot. Yeah. Because I mean, you think I, yeah. if, if, if somebody with that loose a grasp on, on, on normality is behind us, uh, what else is in there? The only mention it because the internet's blown up about it and yeah. and I watched it and thought it was interesting. Yeah, it's uh, strange thing. Just an seen. interesting choice. Because yeah. like, if it was me, I'm thinking my first go-to choice would have been like, hey, have you seen Aristocats? Let's try something like that, but like more photoreal yeah. CGI. Really, Island of Doctor Moreau. But no, they fucking yeah. The, re- yeah. the trailer is like yeah. the Island of Doctor Moreau. Yeah. Like it really is. If you see, um, imagine you're a human and you walked into that a lot. You'd be like, yeah. the fuck if is you... going on? Is that one got breast? Caliber Scottish movie. Yeah, Netflix. <laughs> a natural. Segment. You know what? Yeah, I'll start that again. So we, in the intervening period between the last episode and this one, we've had two horror movie two nights. Two cracking movies. Two cracking movies. The first one of which was a Brazilian yes. movie yep. on Shudder. Yep. The streaming horror service. Yeah, which is pretty really, good. yeah, it's amazing. Really pleased with it. What was it called? The Night Shifter. The Night Shifter. Yeah. yeah. Basic premise. We won't get into it too much because it's got a lot of twists and turns. It's kind of like a real like gothic horror, like a morality play essentially. Yeah. A guy works in a morgue. The dead speak to him, tell him their secrets, and um, he almost takes like a kind of a, a confession of sorts, really. And then he starts to misuse that that power or privilege or burden, depends how you see it. And then it kind of goes from there and gets fucking good. Dark. Yeah. Very dark. It was. It was actually a brilliant movie. I thought it was fantastic. Way better than I was expecting it to be. But actually, it's more of a single decision. That sets oh, up the bad stuff that happens in the movie and that thus makes it a horror film. Yeah. 
And similarly, the other film we watched it has almost exactly that same trigger. Yeah. Uh, which is a film called Caliber. Presumably, like, Gun Caliber. I yes, think I think it was, yeah. 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 So, uh, like- I would say in Caliber, one interesting difference is, is that there is, again, a real turning point in the movie, but they can found a bad choice with a series of increasingly mm-hmm. bad choices. Well... Yeah, don't want to don't want oh, yeah, to wanna... spoil it because yeah. it, it it's on Netflix, so hopefully most people can see it. But it yeah. is is genuinely a wonderful yeah. film, an incredibly strong horror film in terms of the suspense and the tension yeah. is masterful throughout. Frankly. And it's made by your kinsman. So and it's made by my kinsman. Scottish through and through. It's very good. Yeah, Scottish design brewmate. Yeah, it really so, is. It's, yeah. it's not just one of those films where it could be anywhere, but it just happens to be in Scotland. It's Scottish in the way that it tells a story. And one thing that I think we mentioned when we watched it, which I don't think is in a way a spoiler, it doesn't go the path of like, oh, God, these people who don't live near us are fucking weirdos. It, it's, it's, there's more to it. Yeah, it. yeah. It isn't just like foreigners are strange. Even yeah, if they're it's set in rural Scotland. Yeah. Which, yeah, and what, you, you're, what you're driving at is that it doesn't try and... It doesn't try and paint the rural people as odd balls or yeah, weirdos or like like, like it's quite often yeah. does happen in horror movies yeah. you know wherever something is set the more rural somebody is the more weird everybody is sort of thing i've i um, found it, it made i don't know about so it itself. doesn't do anything yeah yeah and it, it made you watch it with expectations but it never went the way you wanted it to not wanted to so the way that it you thought it was going to it always went somewhere better i genuinely had a knot in my stomach from about 10 minutes in yeah. and it went all the way through until a very decisive moment yes. where it finally let up. But my God, that kind of level of tension and, and suspense yeah. is, for me, very rare. I would also say on the sort of horror fan recommendations, Night Shifter is very much a horror fan's one. I think it would be very hard for a non-horror fan to get a lot out of Night Shifter. So, yeah, nice. I mean, we're Brazilian, Scottish, you know, yeah. we had a nice uh, mix in the last four Going all over the place. And I think that pretty much takes us to the end of our third act of yeah. cultural uh, highlights yeah. and uh, end of act two, beginning of the third act. Oh god, yeah. It's because I've had a it's because I've had a beer oh, and other, other things. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a tired guy. Yeah, I'm he's tired. he's slowed. He's already been sick once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the feather like like in uh, ancient Rome. I got a bucket, a feather, uh, so I can, so I can yeah. just keep going. Yeah, Ted comes in with a fresh bucket. <laughs> you can't see Ted. <laughs> Lads, 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 oi, 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 lads. That's, that's, how, that's how we do it. <laughs> that's how you join in. I, exactly. I understand all of the social <laughs> cues yeah. of the lads. You are a chameleon. Oh, I am lad one minute, gent the next, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, who the fuck? Anyway, yeah, so uh, this is running, by the way. Oh, shit, okay, um, yeah. Oh, thank God it caught that. Yeah. Maybe he probably said that was an extra. Mm, there's a whole CD of extras coming of out, yeah. coming out on tape. Goose and gaffs. C- Goose and gaffs yeah. on double cassette. Yeah, yeah. There's a double cassette coming out and a mini disc. Of course. Well, yeah, you have to, you have to keep in with the kids. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm joking. It'll it'll all be on Zoom. Right. Are we? Uh... <laughs> Welcome to Act Three of Let's Make a Horror Movie's fourth episode. Yep. John and I have just had a bit of a dinner break. We we? have. Just thought, fuck it. Yeah. We did this episode before. It was, as we've already, you know, clarified, it was perfect. Yeah. It was one of those things that in these dark times, 
it, it's hard to find things that make you want to keep going. Mm. And I felt, I don't know about yourself, the, the two hours we spent on last episode, it gave me a lift when, when I needed it. Do you know what? I sort of felt like, in a way, perhaps what happened was, was what needed to happen. Because yeah. it, it was like, I just felt that God wouldn't allow it. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. because it challenged his divinity in yeah. in, uh, yeah. in a sense, it was almost too human. It was too I'd human say. and yet too divine. Yeah, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. it was. Uh, it was like it was walking between both worlds, and it really was. You know, the, the only way I can really describe it is it was sort of like when they open the Ark of the Covenant at the yeah. end of Indiana Jones, yeah. and make of that what you will. Well, I mean, I mean, when I got home, um, I'm going to bed with my wife. I just wept, <laughs> and she held me until dawn. <laughs> Um, cause, and, and, and I feel that, that she, she knew why. Yeah. Um, no words spoken, we have spoken of it since. Yeah. Your eyes tell a story, John. <laughs> yeah. They tell stories. No, yeah, you've always said that. Not, um, not many of them are appropriate. Um, <laughs> right. Act three is where, for new listeners, one of us pictures to the other one. So here we go. I'm pitching to John. He has heard this already, which yeah, is not so, how this podcast normally works, or yeah. will ever work again. Normally, it's as new for me as it is for you. Right, and that is kind of the whole point. You, so this, the listener. This will be an interesting aberration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Opening scene, it's nighttime, howling winds and loud breaking waves. It's the ocean. Of course. So it'd be too well, How else would it be? We open on a roaring storm at sea. And we can hear wood snapping and rendering and rending. Rend, it's rending, isn't it? Yeah. Voices calling out in panic and such like. And from the gloom, we see the silhouette of a small desolate island with a single tree breaking the skyline. Cut to the battered and broken prow of yeah. a small wooden fishing boat grinding into a shingle beach. Camera pulls back to reveal a disheveled family. Two, well, we assume two adults, two kids, boy and a girl, in a state of serious anguish. Mm-hmm. Lots of quick cuts to convey the confusion and mania of the situation. Yep. Something obviously has gone wrong with whatever trip they were on. And some of the scattered shouting over the crash of the waves and stuff confirms that they're desperately seeking shelter from the sea and the storm. And that not only is the island not their home, but yep. it is entirely unknown to them. And if we haven't already, in some fashion or other, we will notice that the outfits and appearance suggest 16th century Scotland. <laughs> With a series of establishing shots, we get to the shelter of some trees, where the man, uh, the father, dictates that they split up to search the island for some proper shelter, warmth, safety, whatever, and rendezvous back at that location. So despite serious protestations over it being Evil Monday, which, as we uh, know, is the first Monday in April, according to... 16th century superstitions. Yeah. Uh, everyone, everyone knows it. There we are. We all remember Don't Monday. patronise the audience. First please. Monday in April. Yes. I mean, it's April's a funny month. It is a funny month. Funny month. Hilarious. Hilarious. And less serious, so despite protestations over it being evil Monday, less serious protestations about the wisdom of splitting up on an unknown island, everybody does as they're told. We follow the father. Cuts to him in a dark forest, obviously, the you know, still nighttime. Broken only by moonlight. We are, at this point, centuries before street lamps. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm building the picture. Yeah, yeah. I'm very much a sort of um, set designer. It's good to get clarity yeah. about the lack of clarity. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, because to be fair, I, I don't want to put you up on this, you don't even cover the whole street lamp. Uh, that's issue. true. I haven't talked about why yeah. you don't have street it's lamps. A bit, is, a bit of an omission. It is an omission. But again, that's what, that's, what, that's what we do as a team. And exactly. That's why that's, we're here. Yeah. That's why we're here. That's how we work. So it's broken by moonlight, but we have so we have a little bit of illumination, 
and there are there become increasingly odd noises start to arise that don't sound right for the setting. He and we are becoming increasingly uncertain and perturbed, and as he glances to one side, he sees that there's a tree stump mid-frame with a flattened top. He continues to scan of the surroundings, given the noises, and I'm thinking at this point a 360 kind of point of view panning mm -hmm. shot that starts and ends at the stump. A slow, tense pan. A slow, tense pan. Mm. I don't know if a pan has to be a strafe or if it can pan around, but I'm, I'm basically want to yeah. swivel on the spot 360. Yeah. Um, but when we come to the end of the sweep and settle back on the stump, there's two eyeballs sitting on top, which obviously weren't there before, staring directly at the bloke. Uh, and at this point, he starts mabbling, uh, babbling a mumbled prayer. Where's my beer? <laughs> fucking mabbling. Dave's catchphrase, huh? Can I clarify one thing that I didn't clarify on the aforementioned version? Um, the eyes are clearly human eyes. There's nothing strange about yeah, them. Yeah, nothing There's strange no about the eyes other than they're standard lacking, eyes. They're lacking the contextual kind of yeah. surroundings of a body and a They head. are sand skull. Yeah, yeah. yeah. W without skull or any other element of a If you were like an optician, you'd be unfazed by it, but anyone else would be a bit like, whoa, wow. Yeah, if you were an optician, you'd be like, ooh, hello. I mean, they've got drawers of eyes. 2020. We, we know that. Whoever they are, 2020. Oh, lovely pair of eyes on that stump. <laughs> so uh, at this point, he starts babbling a mumbled prayer uh, with increasing speed and panic before a large cracking sound from behind causes him to bolt blindly into the dark wood. I don't suppose you've done any research on a prayer, I did, Do you know what? That's funny you ask, because I did do a bit of research on the kind of prayer I wanted. I wanted him to be saying a real fucking prayer. I, I mean, I'm sure you did a prayer, but it wouldn't have been a kind of era-appropriate prayer, though, would it, mate? Yeah, it was. Yeah, absolutely. And it would have gone something like, uh, Oh, Lord King of glory in the fortress of heaven, hail forevermore. And then your loving kindness have mercy on us. The chanting hosts of cherubim... Cherubim proclaim you praise continually. Have mercy on us, the companies of seraphim on high, whom the ranks of angels sing in endless praise. Have mercy on us, all the saints, heirs of the glorious eternal kingdom, triumphantly proclaim you in noble strains. Have mercy on us, and so on and so forth. Well done. I like the repetition of the desperation yeah. uh, of mercy. It's, it's also got very like grandiose. It's not just like Virgin Mary protect me. I'm a bit of a. Mm. I, I'm, I'm, Bit of shit. It's very grand, like the cherubim. The yeah, yeah, seraphis. he's calling out to all yeah, these. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. To the uh, host. Kings of glory, cherubim, yeah. seraphim. I mean, you know, the guy, angels. He's, he's calling he's, in the top brass. He's name checking. Yeah. He's, he's really going for it. I mean, the glorious eternal kingdom. Look, the guy is keen on this business. Yeah. Uh, anyway, look, so he's, he's Sorry, I've, uh, seen the eyeballs on the stump. Yeah. He's on his own in this fucking dark, scary forest on an island that they don't know don't recognize and stuff and yeah. he's just had a pair of human eyeballs just yeah. appear out of nowhere apropos of nothing yeah. other than a few noises and he but... is no optician so he's, he's freaked doesn't even wouldn't even recognize the word optician i think yeah. if you would say it he'd be it'd, it'd be dumbfounded by a pair of eyes <laughs> when i'd start with him so anyway cut to the guy approaching a small clearing surrounding a cairn which is a pile of stones for anyone who doesn't know but um traditionally i guess Mm, that's probably wrong. In my experience, mm -hmm. cairns are often on the top of um, yeah. mountains, and um, you take a stone from the bottom of the mountain and mm -hmm. you walk all the way to the top of the mountain and you pop it on top. I think there's some mark sites of like significance, sometimes even graves, I think. I think. I've done quite a on that. Please do write in and correct us. Uh, hopefully, John. Or you John. cairn heads out there. Yeah, or you cairners. 
So uh, he, he he's approaching a small clearing surrounding a cairn, illuminated by a fire we can't see. He's breathless, breaking his mumbled prayer. He runs towards the warmth and safety of the light. And as he breaks into the light and we get a fuller view of the area, he sees a giant, though slender figure in a long blue robe lit by flickering flames. Uh, we still can't see where from. The figure is proportionately at least 10 feet tall, but sat on the ground facing away from us. Yep. Uh, but still roughly the man's full standing height. Arms outstretched, resting on the crest of each knee, we can see the wrists and hands are impossibly gaunt, with skin stretched over bone, adorned with some odd jewellery that looks like... Is it oxidised copper, I think, is mm. what I wanted to say. So, like, the kind of green yeah, copper. Um, yeah. It's like it's being wet, basically. Wings. Mm. Uh, Knuckle-avvy. We hear him gasp to himself as he stops dead. Probably not in quite a sort of, in quite the same way. He's probably like, Knuckle-avvy. Yeah, because yeah, he seemed quite excited. Yeah, I was quite excited about it. Just he wouldn't I, be well, uh, uh We hear him gasp to himself as he stops dead. His breathing stops for a second, and we realise that it's not raining in this glade, mm-hmm. though it's pouring only metres away all around them. And slowly and without grace, and whilst he's clearly panicking, he reaches into a pocket, fumbling out some small red candles as his eyes are darting back and forth, presumably looking for the fire, but always keeping an eye on the figure in blue, who still sits unmoving a few metres away, still from the back. Slowly, he takes a step backwards again, and ever so gently turns towards the cairn, placing his small red candles on top of it whilst mouthing his prayer. He starts to fumble again in his pocket for his tinderbox when his elbow catches a loose stone from the cairn, and it all starts to tumble. And as the shot following the falling stone cuts back up to the bloke, we get a horrible animalistic grunt and a kind of sim- simultaneous sharp reveal that not only has the blue robed figure moved, what feels like instantaneously, but he stood at full height behind the bloke, now over the bloke's shoulder, so that we see the blue robed figure's face as an unmoving death mask, like a cadaver, with like, you know, lips shrunk back over teeth, gums retracted, empty eye sockets, etc. But on like a larger scale. Cause he's, but on a huge yeah, scale. So it's like yeah. a huge dead face. Because um, this is, a, it, it's huge, but proportionately huge. Can I make um, another point of clarification, if you'll allow me to lose all momentum again? Yeah. His eyes themselves, do, are they like black pits or do we I'm see... I'm going black pits. Black pits. Fair I enough. was thinking um, a bit like Krampus. Yeah. I think he's got black pits. Definitely he's got black pits. Black pits. I just, 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 just I mean, hey, that's a potential name for the movie. <laughs> it's a good name for <laughs> black pits. Oh, it's going to fill out all the um, cinemas of that. Um, so, would the audience connect the eyes on the stump to him in any Well, <laughs> what? Well, Funny. To black pits. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think so. Fair uh, well, I mean, yes, no, sorry, what am I saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah, two weird things have happened. Yeah. The eyeballs are now this. I... So, yeah, we're thinking, well, they're related. Yeah, fair But we're not, we're, not, we're not thinking, there oh, eyes. they're blue-robed figures' eyes. Go, no, because it'd be tiny, it'd be tiny. Yeah. Normal human-sized eyes yeah. on the stump. And uh, The audience's train of thought would be, are they his eyes? <laughs> Fuck no, they're too small. Yeah. <laughs> Just to give the voice, voice of the audience. It'd be exactly that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> so serious. So, so.
so he's knocked over the cairn the thing's fucking behind him mm-hmm. fuck me that's that's like you're that's the kind of slight loot and buster right yeah. you know that like boom, quick cut yeah sun surprise shit's happened we're, we're freaked out so the bloke at this time or the father i'll just keep calling him the father because it's easy yep. father in this moment is frozen solid and at another loosed animal snort from the mouth of the cadaver, which uh-huh. by me, I'm, which I mean blue robe guy, yep. he grabs a small drawstring bag or panically kind of fumbles for another drawstring bag uh, or a drawstring bag, sorry, out of his belt. Uh, mm-hmm. And with the other hand, he draws a blade uh, out of his belt as well. And clutching the one bag, <laughs> clutching the bag in yep. one hand, so I'm getting ahead of myself, mm-hmm. he immediately starts to carve the initials MM into his other arm. Uh, or he's, you know, that's what it looks like. As he's doing so, the huge cadaverous hands close in around the man's chin yep. as the firelight just dies completely. We see it lifting his head up and pulling him entirely bodily off the ground with ease. We pull into a close shot on the man's prostrate face and the cadaverous hands of the Nukalavi. Uh-huh. The moonlight reveals quick frosty breaths from the man as his panic is increasing at something. Just then, a gust of breath from the opposite edge of the frame immediately starts literally wilting the skin around the man's face, spreading out from his mouth. Mm-hmm. And the Nukalavi's giant face comes into the frame as it bellows something that sounds like, You hunger. Now, this isn't the end of the scene, but I should probably just say that a Nukalavi is a Scottish water demon, basically. Yep. And also, again, I think on the, on the previous recording... Just to, just to sort of clear for the non-Scottishness, is it, would this be like a, a known element to Scottish folk, or is it kind of like off the weeds? In terms of I mean, it's I, you know, look, I'm, I'm Scottish yeah. as a as a, a deep fried iron brew. Yeah, bar. I mean, I mean, like you but, are shortbread, Dave. I mean, we all know. <laughs> not as a huge fan of shortbread. Oh, really? uh, it's only biscuit I like. Only biscuit really? I like. Yeah, it's just like it's all you know. Yeah, no chocolate on it. I mean, I'm um, not saying that it needs chocolate to be a great biscuit, Marcus, but if just, just throw Spencer's, out some things that you could have. The Marks and Spencer's short salted caramel ones. Okay. Unbelievable. That's a different yeah. tale. Of it. In it, Scotland, you risk being flayed for it. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't even be lying in the country. <laughs> if, even if they catch the whiff of my breath. You can go up to Hadrian's Wall and just have a peek over the other side. Still England on the other side, but it gives you an yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. Get, so, get I mean, a sense. <laughs> get a sense of the place. <laughs> Hmm. Um, so, I mean, my, my point being, if you went to like a, a Scottish high school, no, and they wouldn't would, know they what would the Nukalabi like... is. So, in the Nukalabi is like an Orcadian, specifically Orcadian, so the islands of Orkney. Yeah. They'd be like, fuck off, English pansy with your Mark Spencer shortbread. We don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, basically. I mean, they might say that anyway. Yeah. Um, they may not, you never know. It depends, depends where you go. Uh, remind me at the end and I'll give you some descriptions some Ooh, some yes. uh, contemporaneous descriptions of the Nukalavi. So just to recap on the massive tangent, he's picked yeah. up the guy, he's basically breathed into his mm. face as the fire's guttered out and we're just yeah. left in this kind of cool moonlit shot, yeah. close up of his face, Nukalavi's breathed into it and it's all like the skin's all kind of peeling and wilting. Before that beat ends, we cut away from that to his, his children and his wife from the boat Mm-hmm. The sun is just arri- uh, well, it's coming through uh, a part of the forest, it's dark and horrible weather, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's still middle of the night. You know, mm-hmm. not a lot of time has passed since yeah. we arrived on the island. Um, and he comes across his mom and sister who have already bumped to, into each other since earlier. And, and, and they immediately, we just sort of cut to them at the sound of a horrific scream, yeah. which we, the audience, know is 
the yeah. father getting his face wilted, yeah. basically, by this fucking water demon. And the daughter is like, we should not linger here. <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah, it's it's not bad. We shouldn't linger here. Um, and her mother's like, but your father. And the daughter's again, like, she's like, but it's Evil Monday. Uh, and they have basically a bit of a, you know, I know not. I don't know what I've written. I know not from where this island came, and neither do you, and neither does father. Something is rancid. And then uh, her mother cuts her off, remonstrating over blasphemy and such. Evil Monday, you know. I mean, they're, yeah, ultimately, yeah. they're still Christian at this point. Yeah, oh, very much so. Anyway, so through the rain, we hear something crashing through the trees, getting closer. We should return to the boat. You know, I shouldn't do it. That's a shit. That's a really, that's like a really shit accent. You put a fair bit of sauce on the I don't know why I did that because it's it's crap. So I'm just going to read it and then someone can do it better. I mean, to be fair, up to that point, you were smashing it, mate. (laughs) I don't know about that. Right, we should return to the boat. The daughter begins as the sun moves off towards the darkness of the forest, calling, Father, we're over here. You know what? I'm going to stop doing the voices because I'm doing like kind of <laughs> Scottish Muppets and uh, It reminded scuppets. me a, a, a little bit of Maggie Smith and Harry Potter films. I very much envisioned this film a bit like the clumps with Maggie Smith. She just plays all the roles. Yeah, Maggie Smith does it all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so she's basically, the daughter's like, we should get the fuck yeah. out of here and return to the boat. The sun starts walking off into the darkness towards the crashing noises because from yeah. his point of view nothing bad's happening. Like, they, yeah. they, they don't know. Like, Daughter's just got the willies because it's just a bit creepy. I mean, you thinking, and it's Evil Monday. Yeah. But you're thinking, like, the dad might be hurt, might be injured, hmm. or he might just need some help. Basically, she wants to get back to the rendezvous and it's hmm. like, let's fuck off. And the kid's like, I'm just going to go and see dad. So, obviously, we feel a start again to get uncomfortable because there's a kind of pregnant pause between the hmm. son kind of calling out to his dad and a complete lack of any kind of response. Yeah. So the daughter's like, let's get the fuck out of here, and the sun walking over to the darkness. A moment later, the flash of a huge, distended arm literally swipes off one of the boy's arms, swinging his whole body around on the spot with momentum, blood spraying everywhere, and and the boy and as the boy starts to react with kind of even subs of pure incomprehension. <laughs> Give that a bit of something, something, um, something too fast for us to see from behind because at this point he's facing us now yeah. we're getting POV from daughter mother yeah. something from behind just runs him groin to head in one swift motion yeah, yeah. the last frame of this shot is uh, a beat where we see the body just gently shift in its two halves like if you put mm. your two hands together like in prayer and then just yeah. shifted them yeah. by like an inch that's kind of what the two halves of his body are doing so it's not like too visually grotesque, but mm. it is definitively horrible. And the voice, and, and the audience knows that he's done. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, he and won't done, walk and this he, off. Not only is he done, but he's done in like a what the fuck just yeah. did that kind of yeah, yeah. like Leaving, what the hell can do that? Yeah, it's yeah, not like just dead. a bloke with a machete can one cut yeah. you or something. Or he's like stubbed his toe. <laughs> this is a severe. He ain't. He ain't yeah, he didn't get that from falling on a fence. <laughs> yeah. So he's into. See his body go, you know, just ever so slightly yep. shift, so which is pretty grim. And then, um, so we cut to the daughter pulling the mother into a panicked run. I think last time again, tried to jump in. I think last time I mentioned it'd be nice to hear like a kind of like a very um, awful kind of splashing sound. Oh, you did. So, so you don't see it, yeah. But you get the impression that he that that slider motion continued as the camera left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thud, thud. Or like a... Splash. A splash thud thud. Yeah, yeah. Someone's just just um, dropped an some castle. An STT, a splash thud thud. Of course, thud. Yeah, exactly. Classic. Yes. Yeah. Don't even need to say yeah. that. It's just an acronym so will do. Everyone will like know what we mean. Hollywood parlance. Yeah, exactly. 
so then we get a quick uh, series of quick cut shots between the mother and the daughter and something in the darkness behind them all running all dodging between trees we don't really see anything in the darkness behind them but you know we yep. do that thing where we show the shot as yep. if there's something that we're supposed to be seeing yes but but there isn't but I mean, yeah. it's just enough to imply that there's something coming too yeah you know um so anyway we're all fucking running uh and then we and so it's, that's kind of frenetic yeah. and loud and noisy and scary and then we cut to a kind of almost silent because we're so high in the sky but still wind and rain and stuff bird's eye view shot of the shore of the island and we see the forest and the, and the seashore at night and we see the mother and the daughter break the tree line from above nice. and, and make for the boat on the shingle beach cut back to a close shot of the daughter and the mother pushing it out uh, some scrappy panic dialogue about what's happened and where's father because you know the rendezvous yeah. was technically on the edge of the forest but they just fucking yeah booked it understandably you know yeah. cut to a close shot mother and daughter pushing out panic dialogue about what's happened where's father and we're kind of at this point the camera's kind of on the beach facing them um looking with the sea behind them and as as there's a sort of moment you just hear someone go family or something like that yeah. family yeah, nice. don't know something like that I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not that. i'm not wedded to the to the family idea but you'll see we could be anything but we'll see uh, so as both turn, and so do we, the camera kind of switches around its view, so we're now facing back to the shore. Standing about 20 foot away is the father from before, and it's difficult to see too much detail in the moonlight alone, but we can see uh, what is presumably blood dripping from his hands, and from an arm and hands that are tied mm-hmm. to his waist, yeah. which can only really be his son's. There's probably maybe something to give it away, like, I don't know, maybe his I son. I just realised that, that I didn't get the first time around. Mm. Well, go for it. That it was the father, not the monster thing, ah. that got the son. I didn't pick up on it the first time. I don't know why. It, do, it doesn't actually have to be, but... But no, it, it makes more sense go. than it is. Um, yeah. Great. Very cool. It's got his son's, like, arm tied to his waist yeah. and it's dripping blood. So that's, that's quite grim. Not your normal father kind of behaviour. No, no. But there is a... Uh, there was a uh, superstition that if you had somebody's right hand, it mm. was... Uh, you car- carried it with you and it was good for your health or, or wow. staved off bad health. Something like that. So I thought, let's include that. Why not? Yeah, I like There's it. a bunch of that shit in here. Not, you know, a lot of mythology and superstition. Mm. Anyway... So there's a bit of back and forth dialogue between the mother and the daughter, which ends with the daughter getting in the boat whilst massively distraught, obviously. Of course, what the yeah. fuck is going on? And the fracturing wife, because, yeah. you know, her son's just being killed in front of her and stuff. She doesn't know what's going on. And then the dad of her husband's turned up and he's got his son's arm from fucking waist. And yeah. So she's like screaming at him yeah. and just, you know, losing it a bit. Um, but she's also still helping the daughter yeah. out, pushing the boat. So she finally sets the boat off on the water and as she does so, grabs a blade from it. Savvy. And she turns, and we're looting bust again. He's right there and slams his hand round her throat. We get a close-up on her as she spits, uh, You're no Sonny Bean. Before, and again, not in a kind of man's voice like that, but yeah. uh, she says, You're no Sonny Bean, before driving her blade into his stomach. Pro- nice hardcore driving yeah, yeah. blade. like Nice big fishing blade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, there'll be a name for a proper... Maybe a pike. Maybe the end of a pike or yeah, something. Yeah. Whatever is appropriate for the 1500s. <laughs> um, anyway, cut to daughter's point of view from the boat. She's, you know, a few feet offshore now. It's not far away, but 
a little bit away and we yeah. and, and so we're getting a shot from her point of view as we see at this point so Sony's still holding his wife up by the neck even though she's driving a huge blade into his stomach yeah and we see his head go back and his mouth open wide and some sort of gust blows from his gaping maw stripping off the mother's hair like the top part of her clothing and stuff so we're you know constantly drifting so we're at enough of a distance it's not very graphic particularly mm. But we're getting a very good gist of how horrible yeah. it is, and something you know we're something, seeing something, something grim, something grim, yeah. and you know supernatural really. Yeah. Uh, and he takes a bite over the side of her head before dropping her limp body and walking straight in the direction of the daughter yeah. in the boat, now about fifty foot offshore. So we have been seeing it in her point of view, and if you can imagine the kind of chill where. This whole moment, he's preoccupied with his wife and they're mm. having this back and forth and blah, 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 blah. And then the second he's sort of done with her, he looks straight at the daughter in that mm-hmm. kind of cold immediacy of, yeah. like, I'm, I've always been aware of you. Yes. Like, you haven't got away. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. next, basically. Yeah. It's that kind of feeling. She's screaming in horror and fear. This, this is the daughter in the boat. So he's walking to, in her direct direction. But as he reaches the water's edge, like the edge of the sea, he stops He's just staring at her. And she kind of manages to start to pull herself together, you know, stop screaming, which is like mm-hmm. a heaving sob, kind of trying to just manage her feelings on this, given how messed up it all is. Uh, yeah. Gets herself a little bit together in a moment, and then we, we see him grin, and then his eyes start to glow a kind of low, dull red. Mm-hmm. And then he just starts walking straight into the sea after her. Yeah. A bit like Terminator 2. And then we fade to black. And the only thing that stays in the black fade is the dull red glow of the eyes as they kind of continue to go down screen under the seat, basically. I like that. And the end of the opening scene. I thought, sorry to jump in so um, so rudely. Yeah, Yeah, it's an amazing, incredible opening scene. Um, Too kind. Would there be any legs in ending? I think the end you've got with the red eyes in the black mm. is brilliant well, maybe this is a shit idea then but you could you could maybe have the tree stump with an extra set of eyes on it so is that the father's eyes maybe is that is there any legs in that or is that wait 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 the tree stump from earlier yeah yeah you want it you, what, what do you mean you want an extra set of eyes so as in the eyes, two sets of eyes yes yeah, so the eyes are already there oh you mission. mean you just cut back to that yeah, and, and then, you see and a second set of, and oh, it's the father's yeah, eyes yeah I like that that's cool but then your thing is very powerful and it's a good opening credits thing as well because you could have the eyes going down and then the hey look it's moving. good to have options right in yeah Ooh. right in correct either of us team Dave or team John <laughs> Yeah, score us. No, uh, don't. <laughs> but, you know, feel, oh, do, do write in to let's make a horror movie at gmail.com yeah. and just be like, oh, I think this should have happened. Or wouldn't it be cool if that happened? Yeah. Or had you thought of this? And we will read it out in next episode's yeah. uh, first act. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's the opening scene. The rest of Act 1, then, opens with a scene in a local tavern with a man taking some food. I'm taking some food. <laughs> I'm taking a wee bit of food in the local tavern. Yeah, and, you're going to uh, stretch Maggie Smith for this one. That, that's like, there's no Maggie here. Uh, so there's a load of exposition in that this. That was sinister as fuck. <laughs> there's no Maggie here. But this is where she's meant to be. I'm meeting her at nine. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's near <laughs> <not> coming. <laughs> Why are you wearing a dress? <laughs> So there's a lot of exposition in this uh, scene in this local tavern. You get a lot of chat uh, from different people. Perhaps the perhaps the camera's like flowing about. Yeah. Perhaps it's following 
a particular guy who was taking some food as he kind of moves between groups of I friends or whatever. Nice. Yeah, how, it, it shows real like life, a bit of vibrancy after the quite dark. Yeah. So this is all legit yeah. historically as well. They had yeah. taverns and all this kind of... They, uh, they even had food, I'm letting <laughs> Yeah. So we largely follow a man that we discover is called William, and he lives on a croft not far from here with his wife Annie. There's talk of people disappearing and stuff locally and, you know, trouble around... But that kind of talk is largely dismissed with a right chuckle and nothing like that's happened round here that I remember kind of type of thing. And at best you could say old Richard from wherever last year, but that's three days ride over, aren't we? Kind of, you know, yeah. people are like, people are like, it's not, it's not bullshit. They're yeah. actually, you know, savvy enough that of they're course. like, uh, oh, you know, come on, like it's not relevant or it's way yeah. far away or actually that oh, it was so-and-so. He just fell down a well for a couple of days. You know, it's kind of they're discussing, you know, be rational kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's very clear that they aren't like yokels. Yeah, they're not dumb shits. (laughs) (laughs) Potato, potato. So we get some shots as well in that one of the village, which really isn't much to write home about, you know, taverns and dwellings. So we're getting some um, contextual shots of the village and we see William heading home um, in the evening, you know, after his uh, tavern uh, banter. And as night falls, we get some eerie shots and some scenes on his farm, Stroke Croft, whatever you want to call it, as William jokes with Annie about people talking of disappearances and so on. Like, she's in on it, but she does mention that someone she knows has had a problem with livestock disappearing, you know, so she's like, oh, yeah, but there was that. And also, she does comment on the fact that there has been a growing sense of unease in the village. Um, For example, crops have wilted for no reason. Yeah, so so she's like, look, I'm not saying anything's... Yeah. Bad happening, but we can't afford to ignore it completely. Yeah, like maybe, just, maybe, maybe people aren't just being gossipy, yeah. you know, panic merchants. Maybe, there's of, a, maybe, maybe there's yeah. something at the heart of it. Sort of how we are now with like climate change. Finally, going eh, maybe, maybe there's something. Maybe there's something now. I don't know. So you know, we get some new day shots then of uh, Scotland in general, and I was thinking maybe, maybe some kind of contextual shots of. A random person we don't know setting off from a town that doesn't necessarily need to be uh, identified. Could be Edinburgh, could be somewhere else. Possibly music overlaid or something rather than dialogue. But essentially I'm thinking some sort of montage scene yeah. Just to give you know visual context yeah. to where you know the in the wider scope of things. Also, like Scotland always filmed beautifully. Yeah, always comes. It's a good to give a good sense of place. Yeah, also uh, a lot of lightness as well. Cause you've had a dark opening, so a little bit of light, a bit of sunshine dappling. That's over true. Her. That's true. Yeah, a nice good contrast. Shout. Good shout. So yeah, so we're following some unknown guy from some unknown town, but we know it's in Scotland and stuff, and we're just following him along. We happen to come back to him a few times within the sort of montage of Scotland, and then all of a sudden it's dusk, and we cut back to a shot of this uh, unknown guy leaving a tavern at night time and kind of turning down a scary-looking road on his horse, overhung with tree canopy, you know, restricting the moonlight, so just patches, and cue a horror scene with a group of horrific people falling upon this fella, a bunch of scary shit going on. So I'm, you know, I'm not going in because I'm not, I'm not writing out the scene like yeah. I did in the opening. Uh, I'm not going into a lot of detail, but you get the idea. And this is, in some way, we'll understand that this is the Bean Clan. Yes. So uh, the clan maybe, maybe, the, maybe yeah. somebody says it. Mm. Maybe it gets mentioned in the tavern earlier. Yeah. Whatever it's been, it's been well, for like mo- most being foreshadowed yeah. so we understand what exactly, it, yeah. who these mo- people are. Most most viewers are going to be thinking they're not going to name check Bean without something. Yeah, 
Because it's Assuming famous. They know, they know who yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a relatively famous legend. I think. I think everybody's um, aware of the, at least the, the broad strokes of it. So anyway, uh, continuing Act One, we get a scene with a member of Williams Village chasing or hunting rabbits, and in the chase of a particular rabbit, comes across the grisly remains of the previous trap probably missing large chunks of flesh uh, yeah. with a sort of dry scorched head and you know depending on how the film's been so far could be a lot grislier or slightly yeah. less grisly you know plenty of opportunity there for yeah. some for some fun but what this does is it anchors the action as getting closer to William and Annie who are yeah. now essentially our protagonists and we also get some exposition with regards to Annie's increasing uncertainty uh, at the sound of these stories coming through and her own mysterious past you could do that in any number of ways, you know, joke between William and Annie about like, uh, I nobody fucking knows uh, who your parents are or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They wouldn't say it like that. And they wouldn't <laughs> say fucking. Yeah. So that's opening scene and then act one. Act two yep. kicks off with one of William's friends that we met in the tavern in the first act. We're in his house, just croft, in mm-hmm. the middle of the night when we get basically a mini house invasion horror play yep. out. So basically take all the best bits of the movie Jackals, if you've seen it. Or The Strangers. Uh, or The Strangers, and condense it into a, a chunk of Act 2 with mm-hmm. improvements and the hint of an unnatural twist, plus probably a lot more gore. You could have like a bunch of like your known Bean Clan kind of types, or like kind of shambolic like ne'er-do-wells yeah. attacking them and then at a sort of pinnacle of the scene you, you see the kind of the actual red eyes already in the house yeah. oh. so you see kind of like so so that's got in there through a non-natural means whereas the assailants have been banging doors trying to get in windows mm. and something's already there and like what the fuck's that that's the same eyes from before I do like that, but at the same time, I don't want to go supernatural to the point where there's... Go- I know it seems yeah. counterintuitive, no, 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 no. Well, because I'm going, like, water demon and, like, glowing of eyes. Course. And yeah. now I'm going, yeah, but I don't want them to walk through walls, mate. Fair enough. Um, I know, so it seems weird. And, hey, write in and tell us what you think. I like the red eyes, though. Next day, then, still act two, we see a shot of people hammering up horseshoes over the doorway as we get, like, a kind of sweeping shot of the village centre... And perhaps we see somebody kind of breathlessly arriving at the inn or the tavern and we can, you know, surmise that they're bringing news of this incident. Yeah, it's almost like crashing through the door. Something's happened up at old thingy's farm. You know, that kind (laughs) of... I was going to say old McDonald's. It could have been old McDonald's. It could be. be. Something's happened up at old McDonald's farm. (laughs) Place all tore up. You know, like that kind of... uh, that kind of thing, but in 16th yeah. century Scottish. <laughs> we then get scenes with William and Annie and other crofters and villagers and stuff conversing on this. Yep. What's happened, stories are coming in thick and fast, shit's gone down and they're riding, they yep. ride out to the this place. We get a grisly scene of kind of destruction and evidence of a lot of fighting, bloodshed and stuff, mm-hmm. but no bodies, not a single body mm-hmm. anywhere, but lots of bloody clothes in a pile. And I think maybe if you want to be extra grim, we can have a scene where someone's going through the pile of clothes and figures, basically he's picking out like individual arms and legs and stuff, nice. realizing that they were obviously chopped of course. whilst the inhabitant was still wearing yeah. the clothes. So they've been, like, stripped and taken mm. somewhere, possibly in bits. So it's all quite grim, but a lot of it is implicit rather yeah. than explicit. And so it's kind of you making it freaky for yourself. 
Annie, who had to be very forceful to come along, being mm-hmm. in the 1500s and men, men being uh, men, finds a lone skull, uh, still with some flesh on it, but all cooked, uh, mm. quote-unquote, and with a bite missing. So we're starting to recognise uh, the signs from the opening scene. Someone else discovers two perfect eyeballs. Oh. A tracker arrives back on horseback. He thinks he knows where the culprits went. Yeah. Cue some scenes around hysterical reactions from the villagers, discussions, all kinds of calls of like witchcraft and, and blasphemy. I and think, blah, 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 I, I think you know. last time we discussed maybe like a beast story of mind a priest because they probably would have a, oh, some yeah. kind of like preach, a preacher or priest and end a part of the community. Maybe he's trying to be the voice of reason. Yes, you're right. We did. And that was a great addition. So yeah, there's a priest there trying to lend an air of don't worry, this all makes sense. And yeah. like, you know, it's fine. Yeah. God will protect us. Of so, course, that's what he does. It's fine. Act two basically ends with Annie has got her suspicions. Yeah. She's been the sort of more logical one mm. thus far with her kind of tempering yeah. of William's ridiculing of, of the stories. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she seems a bit, yeah. a bit streetwise. For, which, you know, for, for want of a better term. Act three then... We're on the road with William and some of his villager pals, heading towards the coast. Like, this is contextualised in the scene, dialogue, whatever. Heading towards the coastline, the sea, that is. Uh, it's been a day's ride, and dusk is falling. Uh, the trail's cold, so they're camping in spite of the foreign surroundings and the creeping mm-hmm. suspicion that we're not alone. Yeah. Uh, or that we're being watched, you know, that kind of, yeah. however you want to do it. Well, I mean, these are people who who work the land, and a lot of them are hunters, quite capable. Aye. If they <laughs> if they feel something's not quite right, you have to you you, you they know their shit. Yeah, if true. If we if we were like in a normal wood, like guys, these woods are haunted. Yeah. We would know shit all about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they say this is not a normal wood, mate, you'd be like, explain. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> so the tread, but where were we? The heads was a coastline, right? Oh yeah. yeah, and so they they set camp and shit and there's a feeling of not being alone whether or not they've got that i don't know but we the audience certainly yeah. get getting that impression maybe maybe um, have a few shots of them being watched oh yeah you could do that a few like pov yeah. shots on the woods however you want to do it uh william and a couple of his village pals set off to scout further whilst the camp's being set up uh we're following them we find the rocky path down towards the sea so we're properly on the coast now and en route they discover some really grisly looking bits and pieces until they get to what we see is a child stumbling in the darkness all by itself, like really stumbling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as they're calling to it, it's not really responding. Uh, as they get closer to it, they can see it's covered in lashed and bloody rags. And as they get closer again, it just drops down dead in front of them and they can see the entire back of its his head is caved yeah. in. So it's like this kid had been trying to escape from somewhere. Yeah. In spite of its injuries, had been on kind of autopilot until the lights. Already, it's already, already dead. dead. The lights just finally went out. Yeah, grim. Yeah, really, really grim um, and affecting. I think one uh, one thing that if I, if I do uh, two things <laughs> <of> myself. <laughs> when they um, get close to the sort of the area of yeah. stuff happening, it's quite grim. There's a lot of stuff hap- stuff strewn around. I think. Yeah, I think. Are well, we talking I, like, I don't know. Like scary monuments, or we're just talking just like dropped meats. Well, dropped meats. Yeah, is it a purposely... bag of mints. <laughs> just some chops by the sand. <laughs> is it purposely scary, or is it just a kind of abattoir? If someone's making it, it'd be up no. to them because it kind of depends how grim stuff's been to this point. 
So after that kid falls, you know, and we see that he was kind of already dead, you know, in the shock of that, we cut back to the encampment where it's bloody slaughter from the Bean Clan attacking the camp. Lots of mm-hmm. quick cuts, etc., etc. All very frenetic and fast. And when William and the other two make it back to the camp, they get there to find nothing but blood and ruins. The mm-hmm. only body being one of the clan, the Bean Clan, that Annie is pulling an axe out of. Blood slicking nice. her face. She's turned up here, and she's here to kick ass. The remainder of the act is the four of them. So Annie, William, and the two other people. The, maybe, maybe the priest. Priests, yes. Because we, I wanted to have. <laughs> thanks for reminding me. Because I actually wanted to have a line where he says something like, uh, "We're a long way for God now, son." Like that. Some real kind yeah, of yeah, real chilling, like, yeah. fuck. Because we were saying about how at some point he just removes his dog collar yeah. or, or, and Drops again, his beads or something. whatever the equivalent yeah. is for the time. I don't know if they, I didn't research but that. But if he'd bit, spent but, the whole movie being like, no, no, trusting God, trusting yeah. the authority, and he gets down, he's like, Aye, no, this is shit. can't fucking, he's not going to yeah. help here. Like, yeah. I can what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And it, we're a long way for fucking God now. <laughs> you know, it's like that kind of thing, and you're just like, Shit. In this yeah. case, the guy's gone. Do you know what? I'm the authority yeah. on this, and we're fucking. Yeah. We are out of the box here. So the four of them basically start heading back into the bean lair, encountering all kinds of yucky shit, fighting their way through, rescuing those who they can. Uh, most in the end are slaughtered by the bean clan as both sides kind of kill each other, whittling down to the remaining few. And as they're cannibals, you can imagine that this is quite a visually arresting third act. They're, they're also inbred and shit, whether or not mm. you want to touch on that in the film. Hey, it's up to you. I think um, it'd be hard to touch onto without being upsettingly grim. I mean, it's already going to be grim you, you, because mean, of the cannibal yeah, stuff. You, you're going to have to, I, I, and it's not the sort of thing I'd condone, seek some kind of rutting. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, but you aren't going to, you can't visually show incest in any way. No, that's true, actually. You can't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah not unless people are wearing, like, hi, I'm related to so and so. Hey, I'm so and so, related to them, yeah. Well, well I mean, I don't know when the name tag first came in. I think it may, yeah, 17 or 1800s. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so. again, it's factually not going to work. Also, in the last act, the third act, uh, it turns out then that Sony's wife, so Sony Bean was the father who, with the glowing red eyes, yep. started the Bean clan, who are all cannibals and killers and so on that we've been seeing throughout the movie. His wife, that at the beginning, he burned her face, bit her head, but we had dropped her limp to the ground. We thought she's dead. She's still alive. She's actually a kind of witch, I guess. However you want to... You don't really have to touch on that if you want to because she's going to look grim as fuck already because yeah. she had her face kind of kind of dry, hot, melted. Yeah, yeah. So cooked flesh, missing face chunk, the whole shebang. Agnes is her name. So Agnes and Sony Bean have been leading a clan of horrific cannibal killers and the movie culminates in Annie, who turns out to be their daughter from the opening scene many yeah. years earlier, is able to kill them both and survive. And I've written, no one else does from the party that that went in. So I'm having Annie as the only survivor, but I know when I when I told you this story in the in the last episode, you suggested maybe you wanted William to come back through. See, I mean, yeah, because I like the idea of maybe having a kid and one of them coming back to him. Annie's oh, so they have a kid circle. and one survives, or they don't have a kid and both survive. Is that kind of how you feel about it? No, I think if they don't have a kid, anything really, give them both die. 
I can't have them both die. Yeah. This is a thing for me, at least, in horror I, movies. Yeah, like, it's, I, it's grim. Like, I, do, I do like the old grim one. Yeah. Like, I love Pet Cemetery, the original. Yeah. And that, no, you know, yeah. it doesn't end well, put it that way. No, <laughs> Without spoiling yeah. it for anyone who hasn't, uh, isn't aware of it. I suppose the, the reason perhaps I erred away from having William survive too, which perhaps that seemed a bit too perfect, almost. Yeah. That it yeah. could, then it feels like, oh, we've just killed all these red vests, if you like, yeah. to use like a Star <laughs> yeah. Trek reference, yeah, yeah. and we've kept like the, the yellow. So for anyone that doesn't know, Sony Bean is a, well, the best anyone thinks is it was a piece of English propaganda against yeah. the Scots in the 16th century, yeah. basically about a guy and his family that were all inbred cannibals yeah. that would take people off the uh, roads yeah. and eat them. The reason I kind of kept his wife alive in it was not for this story necessarily, but because the mythology of Sony being, you know, him and his wife and their kind of, you know, inbred generations after them. So part of the feeling was that I wanted this to feel like it could be a a real explanation for how. This is the last bit of thing, a little bit of info from Wikipedia um, about the Knuckle Avi that I thought people might find interesting. An islander, Thomas, claimed to have survived the confrontation with the beast, and after much cajoling from Denison, reluctantly gave a description of the monster, the only known first-hand account. According to Thomas, the Nicolavi has a man's torso attached to a horse's back as if it were a rider, so actually not quite like a centaur, as yeah. if it literally were in the middle of a back like a rider. The male torso has nail legs but its arms can reach the ground from its position on top of the equine body. So That's like, creepy. Yeah, huge, creepy, massive long arms. The legs of the horse have fin-like appendages. The torso has a large head, possibly as much as three feet in diameter. It says that rolls back and forth. Whatever that means. Weak neck, I guess. Yeah. The monster, described by Thomas, has two trois heads. The equine head has an enormous gaping mouth that exudes a smelly toxic vapour and a single giant eye like a burning red flame. A particularly gruesome detail is that the Nukalavi has no skin. Black blood courses through yellow veins and the pale sinews and powerful muscles are visible as pulsating mass. Other reports state that the creature resembles a centaur. Narratives are inconsistent in the finer details of the demon's description, however, Denison only describes a man's head with a mouth projected like that of a pig. Marrick mm. also mentions one head with a single red eye, and he borrows some of Thomas's characterization by recording the creature's mouth as like a whale's. Mm. Not that helpful. No. You're describing something that's kind of gigantic yeah. on something t- small, yeah. much tiny in comparison. I think if someone said to me, oh, you know that thing, it's got a mouth, you know, like a pig or like a whale. You'd be like, oh, hold on a minute, mate. There's a hell of a fucking yeah. gap Which there. one and which whale? <laughs> um, because, yeah. Which like, pig? <laughs> there's a lot of different... There's a, there's, a, there's a real spectrum to that. There's a spectrum. So anyway, so that's my story panel. It's fantastic. I would, it's fantastic. Um, it's, it's as good the second time around as it was the first. It really was. <laughs> You're too kind. I mean, it's, yeah, thanks for uh, sitting through it twice. Um, no, it was, it was a joy. Titles? Any, any, oh. oh. God. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think we've got one in the back pocket. Yeah. Once upon a time in Scotland. Oh. I thought of that. I quite like <laughs> just, that. Just to tie it I know to, the, it, uh, yeah. tie it to like, the Scorsese series. Mm. Well, he wouldn't mind. Nah. If anything, I'm sure he'd be nothing but flattered. Yeah, I think he would. And uh, not in any way litigious.
What was I saying? Names, yeah, well, if you haven't got any any suggestions, then I am going to say we call it uh, We're a Long Way From God. Yeah, I like that. Or no, just a long way from God. Yeah, I, I, I think I think a long way from God is the best. Is the best is yeah, the, yeah. The, and uh, and so look, if you want to disagree, change that, change any of it, get involved in any way, write an email to let's make a horror movie at gmail.com. We have a Twitter. It's uh, La Mam Pod. <laughs> so let L M A H M pod yep obviously well, whatever yeah. you tweet in front of that hashtag yeah. something or other yeah. something uh yeah i'm not reading the tweets yet no i don't, I don't think there are any probably not it's because i've never mentioned it before now <laughs> and i haven't used the account either yeah and so a combination of those two things make it almost almost imperceptibly different from it not existing at all yeah. Uh, so, aye, that was my little uh, fucking go at the Sony Bean uh, fiasco, if you will, John. Uh, yeah, write in, let's make a horror movie at gmail.com, and uh, yeah, let's make a horror movie. Cool, um, and coming up after this podcast is the All or Nothing by the Shower. Well oh, yeah. done, guys. Well played, well played. Get your ears on. <laughs>